The stories in this book have been told and retold, cherished and revered by literally billions of people over thousands of years. People have devoted their entire lives to studying this book. There are hundreds of thousands of commentaries on it. And many people believe that this book had to have been written by God. The Torah, what's so special about it? Why is it so mesmerizing? And how has it managed to capture the human imagination for millennia? I'm David Kasher, a rabbi at Ikar in Los Angeles, and together we're going to study the weekly Torah portion of the Parsha and figure out why the Torah really is the best book ever. This week, the angel of death showed up. Twice. Both appearances were in Rashi's commentary, in two distinct but related moments in the narrative that follows Korach's rebellion. And at this point, Korach and his crew have already challenged Moses and Aaron's authority and then been swallowed by the earth as both a punishment and a proof of the legitimacy of Moses' connection to God. But the people are unconvinced, and they declare in outrage, Atem hamitem et amashem, you too have brought death upon God's people. Well, that's it. God has lost patience and is ready to do away with them altogether in a plague. So God says to Moses, remove yourselves from this community that I may annihilate them in an instant. But Moses has a plan to save the people. He turns to his brother Aaron and says, take the fire pan and put fire from the altar on it. Add incense and take it quickly to the community and atone for them. For wrath has gone forth from the Lord. The plague has begun. Now, how does Moses know that this will work? God has declared an absolute intention to kill the entire congregation. So what gives Moses the impression that lighting some incense will help? In Rashi's answer to that question comes the first appearance of the angel of death. Rashi writes, Moses said he would atone for them. Razeh, this secret, Masarlo Malachamavet, was given over to him by the angel of death when he went up to heaven, that incense holds back the plague. Well, it seems that none other than the angel of death passed Moses a secret formula to combat the plague. And Rashi says he found this out in the Talmud, in Tractate Shabbat. But when we go back and look at his source, we find it in the midst of a longer story, a story of Moses going up to the heavens to receive the Torah. The angels, we are told, immediately became jealous and protested God's decision to give the Torah to these lowly human beings. So God asks Moses to provide them with a justification. Moses explains that the laws of the Torah are specifically written to address earthly matters, such as business, family, and crime, and would be totally irrelevant to divine beings like angels. The angels are instantly pacified and are so impressed with Moses that they each give him a gift. And, suggests the Talmud, even the angel of death gave him something. As it is stated, and Aaron placed the incense and he atoned for the people. 
And then it says, Aaron stood between the dead and the living, and the plague was stopped. If it were not that the angel of death told Moses this remedy, would Aaron have known it? It's a strange suggestion that the angel of death would hand over an antidote to his own affliction. But then again, I suppose this is just the angel that would know what to do in the face of oncoming death. The manufacturer knows best how to return the product, so to speak. And everything Aaron does certainly seems to work. So there you have it. The strange thing, though, is that on that second verse cited by the Talmud, the one that says, Aaron stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stopped, Rashi's commentary again mentions the angel of death for the second time in this same chapter. But this time, his source is not the same piece of Talmud. So Rashi writes, Aaron stood between the dead. He took a hold of the angel and held him against his will. The angel said to him, allow me to accomplish my mission. Aaron said back, Moses commanded me to stop you. The angel said, I am the messenger of God and you're just the messenger of Moses. And Aaron said to him, but Moses does not say anything of his own volition, only at the bidding of God. If you do not believe me, the Holy Blessed One and Moses are there at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Come with me and ask. This is why it then says, Aaron returned to Moses. Okay, this is a different story. One of an angel of death who very much wants to kill the people, but has been halted in his mission by sheer human defiance. Aaron grabs a hold of the angel and wrestles him away from the people. There seems to be no secret neutralizing agent here, just a straightforward struggle of strength. Aaron versus the angel. In fact, in the original version of this story, which we find in the Midrash Tanchuma, that struggle gets an even more intimate description. Lo hishkiach hamalach, the angel would not agree to go, ad until Aaron grabbed him by his loins and dragged him there. Yikes. It's tough to resist that kind of pressure, angel or not. So it's that tale of tugging that forms the backstory for the second appearance of the angel of death in Rashi's commentary. Note, however, that the two angel stories we've seen do not entirely match up. In the first one, from the Talmud, the angel of death was giving Moses secret information that could be used when the threat of death came about. There's no indication that the angel himself would be there at the time. In the second story, the one from the Midrash, there was no special gift from the angel of death, he simply appears at the time of the plague to do the killing and then is beaten back by Aaron's pure grit. It's only in the commentary of Rashi then that the two legends of the angel of death are woven together. But this combination makes for an internally conflicted new storyline. In Rashi's telling, the angel of death first secretly passes Moses the recipe for plague immunity and then when the time for that plague has come, the angel of death goes down to administer it and puts up a great struggle to do so. But 
since we already know that the angel of death helped Moses overcome the plague in advance, we can assume that when the angel puts up a fight, it's just for show. The angel wants God to think he's carrying out his assigned duty to kill, but he knows that he's already given his victims a way out. The angel of death thus becomes a counter-agent, betraying God to save human beings. The question is, why would Rashi tell the story this way when he didn't have to? He could have easily chosen just one of these sources and left out the other. So why did he instead, through selective editing, create a character with such complex motivations? An angel of death who secretly longed to be the angel of life. This ambivalent angel did not wish to defy his master, but nor did he wish to carry out his mission. One is tempted to conclude that our friend Rashi was also contending with some ambivalence. Did he, perhaps, read the story of Korach, see the rebels fall to their death, and assume that the dying would stop there? Was he shocked when God suddenly decided to keep going to kill everyone? Did he think that maybe that this God of vengeance was finally going too far? Enough death in this Torah already. Enough! But far be it from Rashi to say such a thing out loud. Far be it from him to question the words of the Lord. He will carry out his assigned duties, collect the legends of the sages, and carefully arrange them into his commentary. He doesn't speak for himself, after all. He's only reverentially quoting those who have gone before him, his superiors. And if we think we detect a secret message tucked away in the spaces between the words, don't ask Rashi. He doesn't know what you're talking about. Best Book Ever was produced by Ben Cooley and edited by Vera Blossom, and our theme song is Pitrouli by Hillel Tigue. You can listen to more of his beautiful music on iTunes and Spotify. And while you're there, why not subscribe to Best Book Ever, if you haven't already. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and our work, you can visit us at ecar.org and donate or Venmo us at ecarla. That's I-K-A-R-L-A. Thanks a lot, and see you next week. Thank you.